Welcome to refreshing, energizing business talk. This is Think Tank, conversations in a digital world, presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. Get ready to hear from industry executives and thought leaders on the best strategies and technologies to drive your business forward in times of uncertainty and accelerate success. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Think Tank, conversations in a digital world with new perspectives from SAP and strategic partners on business, IT, and innovation presented by SAP. Let me read the buzz quote. I found something interesting in a website called csbj.com. Listen up. 5G, yeah, that's a clue we're talking about today. 5G is one piece of the puzzle to become more of a digital city that relies on connectivity more effectively. Broadband expansions, wireless networks, IoT deployments, economic development drivers make up the overall smart city ecosystem. That's going to be our topic today. Let me tell you a little bit more before I ask my three esteemed panelists to introduce themselves. The year 2020, oh, are we glad it's in the rearview mirror. It saw some of the world's most vibrant and populated cities become deserted. Yep, everybody headed out somewhere with COVID-19 related pandemic lockdowns forcing the closure of on-site offices, as in buildings, hospitality industry, retailers, schools, and much more. Some observers and business analysts looked at this and they said, what's going on here? They said cities might never return to their pre-pandemic level of activity. Why? Well, they looked at the demographics and they said, people are moving out. They don't want to be in overcrowded, expensive cities anymore. They want to hopefully go to quieter suburbs and maybe even the countryside. And what's going to happen to all these buildings? So with the future uncertain, Let's look at 5G. Can 5G technology help to breathe life back into cities? If yes, how and when will it help attract and grow businesses and improve city life? I'm going to be speaking today with Deloitte's Robert. He's let me call him Rob because we're good friends after meeting a few minutes ago. Rob Casagrand. We'll spell his name later. SAP's Frank Wilde. We'll spell that one too. And Michaela Munuzangabo at SAP for their take on high hopes for 5G. Will it breathe life into our cities? Let's find out. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome and a shout out to sponsors, Brad Borkin and Susan Walker at SAP. Let's get the party started. Rob Casagrand, we're so happy to have you here. Would you do me the honor of introducing yourself, please? I'm going to put you in speaker view so everybody can see you when they get the video. Go ahead, Rob. Of course. Thanks so much, Bonnie. Hi, I'm Rob Cassegrand. I'm a managing director at Deloitte's uh, telecommunications practice. Um, I've been with Deloitte for, for over 20 years, where I've always focused on bringing the next generation of exciting and enabling and emerging technology to, uh, to different industries and to our clients in the business. And reality is 5G and edge computing are no different. And that's why over the last few years, I've been partnering with uh, folks at SAP, like Frank and others, to ha- to use, to look at how we could use 5G and edge to transform industries across the, across the, across the world. Um, and cities are no different. So what we're doing is we're looking at how the connectivity that 5G brings, the technology that it brings, the capabilities that it brings, the computing power that comes with it, how it could do things like autonomous vehicles, connected factories, connected consumers, connected healthcare, all redefining how, how we live as individuals and how cities operate. So very excited to join the conversation today and uh, sharing my perspectives. Thank you very much, Rob. Can I spell your last name so if people want to look you up, they'll know where to find you? May I? Sure can. Okay, this is an interesting one. K-A-S-E. 
G-R-A-N-D-E, Casa Grande. I had to learn that one. Thank you, Rob. So happy to have you here. And thanks for your input on your bio. And let's move to Frank Wilde. Let me give a little tip here. Frank is W-I-L-D-E. We got a lot of extra letters around here today. Frank, welcome. I'm putting you up on speaker view. Please do me the honor of introducing yourself. And why are you here, Frank? Hi, Bonnie. Good morning. Good to connect. Um, overall, you know, to uh, highlight the work that we've done um, I'm Frank Wild. Um, I, I lead our global center of excellence for platform and tech focused on how we help bring new innovations to life for our customers. So my team is responsible for you know, helping strategic customers innovate with 5G and ed services. Um, throughout my career, I've focused very much on digital transformation um, and looking at ways that you know, customers and partners can help you know, come together to look at new ways to be able to innovate. So excited to be here and uh, excited to talk about 5G and how we can uh, leverage it, you know, within the uh, public sector and city space. Frank, do me a favor. Tell me a little about your background. Where do you come from? What do you do? What's your background in education? How did you land in this space? So actually, I've spent quite a bit of time both in consulting as well as in high tech. Um, So I spent uh, about nine years at Deloitte, um, as well as, you know, have spent time in high tech at Dell and Apple before joining SAP. And really the common thread throughout that you know, time has very much been focusing around helping customers you know, digitally transform, you know, look at new operating models, look at new business models for how they can go to market and to be able to leverage that both within their organization as well as with their customer base. Thank you. You've got quite a pedigree. Frank, that's that's quite an interesting background. Thank you very much. And now let's turn to our third panelist, Michaela Munyuzangabo. I am working so hard on your last name, Michaela. Thank you for tolerating it. Michaela, I'm putting you full screen. We would love to know who you are. Where do you come from? What do you do? And why are you here? Thank you so much, Bonnie. And I do appreciate the effort. At least you tried and you went there, right? So, and you did it correctly. Thanks. So yeah, Michaela, I live in Ottawa, Canada. I'm a global solution manager on the telco industry business unit team. And so what that means is that we work with telco customers across the globe to really understand where the industry is going, where the, what changes are happening and what we should be thinking about in order for them to transform and keep uh, innovating in this world. And as part of that, I sit on the Smart Cities team, and it's really an an agglomeration of telco, public sector, mobility, like transportation, healthcare. And we think about how to make Smart Cities a reality. What is the technology that is going to be needed to make that happen? How are all these different um, companies and organization going to have to collaborate together to make it real. So I'm really excited to be here to talk about that with you all. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Now let's go to the part of the show where I have asked my guests to send me quotes from a movie, a song, a TV show that has absolutely nothing to do with our topic. And we're going to find it very interesting when they explain why they picked the quote they did. So Rob Casagrande at Deloitte sent us a quote from Top Gun. This is a scene where Tom Cruise's character, Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell, like that name, is talking to Radar Intercept Officer LTJG, Nick Goose Bradshaw, played by Anthony Edwards. I remember him from ER, Anthony Edwards, from from a million and a half years ago. Yes, I think with uh, George Clooney and Juliana... Uh, yes, I can't remember her name. Anyway, Top Gun, 1986 American action drama. Everybody knows this quote. We love it. Let's see what Rob has to say. I feel the need, the need for speed. And there's a great video clip on YouTube of that. Rob, talk to me. How do we get this one? Well, 
besides the fact that I absolutely love the movie and I think I've watched it just about every day of my college days in, in engineering school. Um, it's a quote that I just love to, to use each and every day to, when I wake up in the morning and push forward to what I'm going to do with work, what I'm going to do in my day. Um, you know, got to go fast, got to go, got to go strong and, and really work hard to, to, to make things happen. Um, I know it's not supposed to be tied to our topic, but it somewhat is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that, you know, 5G is the next generation of, uh, te- of uh, technology in, in, in telecommunications. It's bringing tremendous speeds and tremendous opportunities. So considering it's a quote that I think about often and it's tied very uh, closely to the work that I'm doing uh, in the market, I think it made a lot of sense to share. Well, we love it. And actually, that's what we wanted you to hear, to say. That's exactly where we wanted you to go with it, Rob, is what does it have to do with our topic? So, yes, there is a need for speed, and maybe there are areas that are lagging on 5G adoption, 5G, I'll say, proliferation, 5G being put into its proper advanced form, and there is a need for speed because that's what we're going to talk about today is what's the positive that it can do for cities, getting them back to life. Thank you very much. Frank Wilde is up next. Also, another iconic quote. This is an interesting one. It was stated by Martin Brody, played by Roy Scheider. I think everybody knows by now. We're talking about Jaws, 1975 American thriller film directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. And everybody, anybody who hasn't been alive in the past hundred years, it was a man-eating great white shark that attacked beachgoers at a summer resort town, prompting police chief Martin Brody to hunt it with the help of a marine biologist and a professional shark hunter. I'll stop that. But what's interesting is I'm going to read the quote right now. Frank, just give me a second here and tell you what happened. So the quote is, you're going to need a bigger boat. But what really happened was this was ad-libbed by Roy Scheider during the production because rumor has it in The Hollywood Reporter that the producers were very, you know what the birdies say, cheap, cheap. They were cheap. And the people who were doing certain scenes said, hey, this isn't going to work. We're going to need a bigger boat. And Roy Scheider said, well, that's a really cool line. So he starts injecting it into the script throughout the movie. And it becomes one of the most iconic movie lines in all time history. So, Frank, how'd you find this one? And what does it have to do with our topic? Frank Wilde. So actually, actually, uh, Bonnie, one of the funny things, I mean, as Roy Schneider is baiting the water, you know, as they're going fishing and uh, Jaws comes up for the first time when he does see it. So it reminded me not only, you know, I found it funny in the sense that not only was he shocked to be able to see the, the shark that they were dealing with, but when you think of it in kind of a 5G text or a, in a public sector environment, the number of things that um, public sector uh, organizations and departments are going to be able to do with 5G, they're going to realize that they're going to need a bigger boat or a bigger network to be able to support each of the innovations that they want to bring to life. So we could see that, you know, being a very nice carryover, hopefully with fewer sharks, though. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. No, I love the line and I love the backstories, don't you, Frank? When you think, oh, well, they wrote it in the script. No, they didn't. Nice to know that actors can bring some of their own personality and, and energy to a movie. And I, lo- I love those stories. So let's go to Michaela. Michaela has sent us a quote from Shuri. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. S-H-U-R-I, played by Letitia Wright in Black Panther, a 2018 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name, Black Panther. Shuri is a fictional superhero. She appeared also in American comedy book, I'm sorry, comic books published by Marvel. And I can read an awful lot, but she's a princess of the fictional African kingdom of Wakanda. She's the daughter of T'Chaka and the sister of T'Challa, who is the king of Wakanda and the Black Panther. And here we go. Here's the beautiful quote. 
how many times, I hope this is her voice, Michaela, I'm doing my best because I haven't seen that part. I don't remember that part of the movie. How many times do I have to teach you? Just because something works doesn't mean it can't be improved. I love the line. Michaela, talk to me. What does this have to do with our topic? Yeah, when you sent that request for me, that was the perfect example that my mind went through. First, if we start with Black Panther and Wakanda, like the Wakanda city is a super connected city. We have flying cars. You can have like surgery using robotics. So it's when you think of smart cities, we want to go where Wakanda is already. So that's sort of the future. And then when we think of the quote, um, we can start with very simple things, things like a street light. Why would you want to improve a street light? But today in our conversation, we talk about how you can put cameras on street light, sensors on street light, all of that in, in this journey to become a smart city. Thank you very much. I appreciate you all doing the work. And I'm going to spring this on you, Rob. It's time for the roundtable. I have asked my panelists to please send me four statements each. We're going to pick and choose what seems to me to be the most interesting way to flow the conversation, the roundtable. And I'm looking at Rob Casagrande. Rob, I'm going to put in the chat here for you. Statement number one, which is a great intro to the formal topic we're talking about today. Rob will take about two to three minutes max, and he will talk about this expanded, as we say on the News, unpack it, Rob. And then the magic sauce. I'll ask Frank Wilde to agree or disagree. Frank, don't be afraid to disagree with Rob. It's okay. And then I'll ask Michaela to agree or disagree with both of them. And then if we have time, we'll have Rob get back to both of them. If you have anything to say, I'll pick a statement from Frank and we'll go around the table and one from Michaela. So let's see what we can cover today. So here is the statement that Rob Casagrande sent me. He says, 5G and edge computing will be the backbone of industry 4.0 transformation from smart manufacturing to connected health to retail. All industries will be impacted by 5G and edge. Let's relate this to our city's topic today. Go ahead. Sure, Bonnie. Happy to unpack that statement a little <laughs> bit, as you as you say. So, so let's start first. When we're talking about industry 4.0 transformation, you know, what does that really mean, and what's that going to mean for our, you know, cities? And and it's a complete transformation of the way that we work and live, um, whether it's from redesigning manufacturing processes, whether it's driving in autonomous cars, while it's being you know connected patients where we're getting remote monitoring at home or even remote healthcare at home, um, to our experiences each and every day walking around with our device, whether we want to walk into a retail store or whether we want to, you know, purchase something while, you know, sitting on a bus while watching, um, you know, Black Panther or uh, the, uh, you know, or, 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 the, or the latest basketball game. You know, everything that we think about with the industry 4.0 transformation is possible. And, and we're beyond the point of talking about of the future because the future is coming now. But in order to enable that future, you need the right technology. And, um, previous technology, so 4G and LTE and, and the different and the different networks that were out there really didn't have the capabilities to make a lot of this happen. But when we look at what 5G brings from low latency and higher speeds and the ability to connect millions of more devices to interact with one another and share data and um, use AI and, and, and other technologies to have those devices interact and, and, and make our life better, that, that time is now. So the reality is Without that, without 5G, without the ability to connect devices, without the edge compute, without the ability for those devices to interact and work together, that 4.0 transformation is not possible or 
won't fully get to where we want it to be, and that will impact you know cities uh, by and large. Thank you very much. Let's go to the agree or disagree portion. Frank Wild, are you ready to pounce on that one? Go ahead, Frank. Well, actually, I'm pouncing in the sense that I agree. So okay. in the sense that um, <laughs> when we think about, like Rob mentioned, I mean, the ability to have network slicing, the ability to, to maintain direct links, whether it's with an autonomous vehicle or IoT sensors or, you know, with a given individual's phone, you know, we're in a very unique position, you know, relative to past networks. Um, so past networks, you literally, it was referred to as best effort, meaning that you hope that the data that's sent by the antenna is received by the device. But with a 5G network, as well as with Wi-Fi 6 and, you know, kind of private LTE, and there's a number of technologies that fall under the umbrella. But the key point being that when we refer to 5G, we're typically referring to the ability to maintain a direct connection between the device and the antenna. And that provides a number of new capabilities, whether you can price a 3D experience in a consumer aisle, you know, monetize that experience, whether you can maintain a robotic surgery link, you know, and have the doctor 100 or 1,000 miles from the patient. You know, so we're fundamentally changing the paradigm in terms of how we're operating. And that has a significant impact to where people live and work. It gives them quite a bit of flexibility to now choose where they live within any city or urban environment, as well as a suburban environment, to receive the same type of access to services and care moving forward. So it becomes very exciting. Thank you. It is exciting. Michaela, let's get your thoughts. Agree or disagree with either Rob and or both. Frank, there's the math for you. Go ahead. I will also agree with what they said and say that uh, when we put it in the experience of a customer today or like a citizen today, right, think of how um, we, we used to go back to malls, right? We used to go in malls before COVID and now we're all suddenly afraid of going because we don't want to interact with people. Um, with 5G, with the connectivity that they're talking about, we would be able to, for example, have an idea of how crowded a place is, be able to monitor that, be able to visualize, let's say, what a mall looks like without necessarily having to touch uh, the map, you know, because you're afraid of touching it. So it's going to give us the capability to do things that we don't yet necessarily have access to today. Thank you very much, Rob Casagranum. Coming back to you, you've had some interesting comments on the agree side from Frank Wilde and from Michaela. What do you think, Rob? Any comments back? Oh no, I agree with what with both uh, <laughs> with both of them. Uh, it's you know it's spot on with uh, with the way that, that that I see the industry shaping, and it's um, and I like you know I like what, what both said, and I think it's important. Um, to know, you know, when we use the term 5G, we're really talking about different types of advanced connectivity. It doesn't necessarily have to be 5G at the core itself, but it's the idea of bringing that advanced layer of connectivity, the edge compute together to make these, um, make the art of the uh, possible, really the art of the practical. And we're, 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 right at the, we're right at the start of that. So it's exciting times. Thank you, indeed. I'm going to move on now to statement number three. Frank Wilde sent me. Let me read this, Frank. This is interesting. He says, as we move to a 5G-enabled world, particularly through private 5G networks, and you can unpack that for us, we'll be moving from a 2D world to a 3D world. I'm going to stop there, Frank. Talk to me. So one of the exciting pieces around 5G is most folks have gotten accustomed to with new networks moving from 3G to 4G or 4G to 5G, you know, often assume that it's just a, about a faster speed. And, and that is one core component. But really the fact that we can now have 5G, a 5G network serve as the connective tissue 
between the devices, between IoT sensors, between you know, shop floors or even retail aisles, we can now move and provide both the bandwidth as well as have the intelligence to render new experiences in 3D. So whether it's in three dimensions on a phone in a 2D plane or through AR goggles or ultimately, you know, you know, uh, hovering above a device or, you know, next to a package, you know, sitting on a store shelf. So we're fundamentally changing kind of the, the point of um, engagement for customers and, you know, citizens moving forward, you know, really moving from that 2D world into that 3D world, which becomes very exciting. Thank you very much. Michaela, I'm going to ask you to respond, agree or disagree with Frank. Go ahead. Yeah, I I agree with what he said. And if we think about it, once again, in terms of like how we will change our lives today, think about something as hard as being a firefighter, right? Like most of the times when firefighters go to buildings, they don't know what those buildings look like. They don't know what that infrastructure is like. So when we say going from like a 2D to 3D, they will have the ability to actually visualize like where are the entry points, where are the exits, where are the potential areas that could be dangerous? How could a building actually fall? So now you not only have people who are going in and trying to save somebody, but they have a better idea of where they're going. They have a better Mm -hmm. idea of where the risks are and they can understand that. So the ability to have this 3D point of view is really going to change a lot. Thank you very much. Rob Casagrande, you're up. What do you think? Yeah, I agree as well. I think the when we think about the virtualization of, of the world around us, um, it wasn't possible for because of just the technology and the, the limitations that were there. So, you know, the ability to take an experience, render it, have that information go over the network, get computed, come back. The time that it took was so long that you, between the delays and the way it would come together, it, it wouldn't be a good experience. But you know, now when we're interacting or we're uh, with each other or we're walking down a street or we're sitting in our living room trying to um, get the experience of being at the Super Bowl, you know, the, 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 the connectivity and the technology and all that coming together um, we can make it real and we'll make it really, you know, immersive. And it's really endless possibilities when you think about it. Um, so it is, uh, um, I, I agree. I agree. Thank you. Frank, I'm coming back to you. Any other comments you'd like to make on this topic after the roundtable? What do you think? Well, to, to build on, I mean, Michaela and Rob's point, I mean, one of the things that jumps to mind is the fact that not only are we going to be moving into a 3D immersive world, you know, over the course of the next, you know, three, four, five years. I mean, we see data usage, you know, per device going up seven or eight times. So the network itself is going to need to be able to support, you know, in a 4G environment, it was streaming video. But as we move into a 3D experiential, um, you know, model, you know, we're going to need to be able to support that additional data, but also have the intelligence. And that's why the AI and the machine learning at the edge, we really view as tied at the hip with the 5G deployments, because it allows you to Rob's point, eliminate any lag to go to cloud services or on-premise type services, but to really be able to, in the moment, handle a, you know, a rendering of, let's say, a 3D image over a product so you could see, are there drug interactions or food allergies? You know, so that you could do that in real time. And not to say you couldn't do it under a prior network, but when we're talking about doing that, when you're in a retail store with you know, a thousand products that are, that are located there, you need to be able to have a very fast network. You need the data platform that can support it. And you need the AI and the machine learning that can bring that to life in a fluid manner. So, 
So not only do I see us, you know, changing the experiences to be much more immersive, but I also see us, you know, potentially weaving a tactile element as well. So when you think about hap, you know, haptic enabled clothing, so you could actually see and feel, you know, um, something remotely. Uh, you know, so those are the and experiences remotely. So that's where I see us, you know, fundamentally changing, you know, um, experiences over the next three, four, five years with 5G, with edge, as well as, you know, with AI and machine learning at scale. Sounds very exciting to me. Thank you very much, Michaela. You're up next. I'm looking at something very interesting, an industry that has suffered dearly around the world with the pandemic, and it's tourism. And your statement number two says smart cities will enable the recovery of tourism by providing alternative ways to share information. I'd love for you to expand this, explain this and unpack this and tell us a lot. Michaela, go ahead. Yes, would love that. Um, yeah, so let's take a little bit about your tourist experience, right? Like when you're going through an airport, you are going to go through all of these checkpoints. We've already started seeing the use of robots in airports just to make it easier to monitor the temperature, to make it easier to identify how crowded, again, people are or not, in order to make it a safer environment for people to be able to travel with less anxiety, And so then let's think of when you arrive in a new city. When you arrive in a new city, most times you have to think about, do I buy a new SIM card or am I going to Rome or what else? How else can I communicate? When we think of smart cities, part of the initiatives that a lot of cities have started doing is provide free data. And so that free data just allows you to, even if you don't have a SIM card or you don't want to roam, be able to start communicating with the city around you, start communicating with the people and understand how a city is built and what is going on. And then if you go in a downtown core, say like New York City, Manhattan or San Francisco, if all of those different infrastructures were connected, you could start having that sort of immersive experience that Frank was talking about, where you could scan, let's say, a building or something and then get that information, get get the information, be able to visualize it, be able to have that AR experience where they're giving you all of these information points without you necessarily having to buy a booklet about it or having to go and do something just with your cell phone and trying to uh, manage that information. And then you continue your journey, you go shopping. When you go shopping, now what we do is we go in a, a retail store and we try on clothes. But what if we had the ability to instead just stand in front of a mirror, you know, and the mirror makes you try your clothes on. And so you're able to sort of see what sort of fit uh, those clothes are going to give you. And so when we really talk about 5G and that connectivity and the lack of, um, of latency, right, the fact that everything is connected, these are sort of the experiences that people will start having on a day-to-day basis as we move forward. Thank you. More exciting. Thank you very much, Michaela. Let's go around the table. Rob Casagram, whether you know it or not, you're sitting virtually next to Michaela. So what do you, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, you know, as it relates to, you know, tour, tourism and, and opening the cities up, I, I agree. I think, it, I think it's a tremendous opportunity because when you think about, you know, what's going to bring people back, you know, the first thing, you know, post-COVID, the first thing they're going to think about is safety. Right. And the ability to have that connectivity, you know, of, of you and, and others be able to track people's movements and, and where people are. You could do things like crowd control. You could um, you could you can um, uh, advise people on, 
you know, which way to flow through an airport or what, or what subways have the least amount of, um, you know, people on them. And there's many things that you could do to really increase the, you know, the the ability of safety. Plus just even the contact tracing element of, of, um, you know, what's needed from, from a COVID standpoint, you know, then you think, okay, outside of COVID, I'm going to a city, what can 5G bring? Well, you know, this device right in my hand is, is the best tour guide. You know, you could walk around New York City and that device knows exactly where you are within, not feet, within millimeters. And they could say, hey, this is the point where during the Revolutionary War, this happened. And you walk another 200 feet and it's like this thing happened, you know, in, in New York history. So be a great guide and, and really a, um, you know, a way to, to, to give you a tremendous experience, right? And then, and then the last piece is, you know, I like the way, you know, Michaela talked about connecting different things you did in different cities. So let's say you're on a trip to San Francisco and you went out to museums, you went to certain restaurants and you went to a, a baseball game. Well, when you go to a next city, let's say you go to New York, ability to use that data, create a personalized, um, really itinerary for you and, and experience for you when you go to the city connecting all those data points. Maybe you're a history buff and you love the walking tour of you know, the history of the United States and New York City take that same thing to San Francisco and that's all being collected through the network. And then the network is providing you that experience as you're interacting in as a tourist. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great opportunity. Very interesting. Good topic, Michaela. Let's see what Frank Wild has to say about it. Tourist, anyone, Frank? Well, actually I agree in the sense that, you know, particularly with the trust that, you know, 5G and edge services, be, you know, is able to enable uh, moving forward. So as you take out contact, like like Michaela mentioned around digital signage or digital mirrors, you know, as we bring, as we see those coming online, you know, to eliminate dressing rooms, for example, where you don't need to try on clothes because you've got a digital mirror to see exactly what you would look like, or you've got contactless payments, you know, at scale, you know, across retail. So you can know walking out of a given store that you actually didn't need to engage or touch, you know, kind of the cash register or, or the cashier. So as we see those you know, points of functionality take shape over the next year or so, I think it'll give, you know, consumers and tourists trust that the cities they visit, that there's a very limited, if any, contact needed. So there's going to be, you know, a a level of um, confidence that as they travel, that it's going to be a very safe and, you know, effective experience. Thank you. Michaela, this was yours. Anything you want to say back to the two gentlemen who share the panel with you today? Yeah, uh, no, I'm very excited. I think that ultimately people love traveling, people love exploring and discovering and being together and technology will just help us do that in a way that we feel more confident doing it, you know, so can't wait. Thank you. Well, it's been a while coming and hopefully it'll be starting again soon. Let's go. We have time for some more. I'm looking uh, let me see what we've got here. Um, I think I'm going to go to something in, you know what? I'm going to pick up something from Frank's list here. There's something in here, Frank. I'm looking at your statement number four, and I'm going to put it in the chat here for you. Okay. Uh, let me put it in here for a second. And I want to talk about drones. We haven't talked about drones. And Rob will get you to comment after Frank and mm-hmm. uh, on comment what he says and, and then Michaela. So, Frank, what do you say here? You say 5G-enabled supply chains will allow us to leverage autonomous vehicles such as forklifts and drone delivery, more about bringing the 3D immersive experiences. But, Frank, what do you think? Can we talk about drones a little bit? 
Sure, absolutely. I mean, Bonnie, one of the pieces that becomes very exciting, and, and just to build on what we were chatting about in terms of tourism, um, you know, as we think about, you know, retail environments, for example, you know, moving to, and then Walmart's already, you know, deployed drones for just cleaning, you know, cleaning the stores. But as we think about core processes, like the ability to, you know, restock store shelves, or the ability to, you know, um, have a product delivered to a customer's doorstep, you know, even when they're, you know, traveling or away from home, it can be easily done and, and easily routed to, to where they, you know, need that product. So when we think about drone delivery, that's, you know, either in the air or on the ground, you know, we're going to see that continue to grow over the course of the next few years and kind of 5G and edge services are just going to be able to fuel it in the sense that we could have, you know, drone delivery, you know, to be able to restock store shelves, you know, with an, a significant accuracy and unlike anything we've been able to do before where we've needed people to make sure that it, you know, is well displayed and well aligned. But we're going to be able to do that very quickly over the course of the next year or so. So, you know, I see drone usage, you know, um, whether they're in stores or used for delivery, um, it's going to you know, continue to accelerate. Thank you. Let's get Rob Casagrand's comments. Rob, I'm leaving the speaker view up so you can come on. Yeah, sure. So, you know, from a drone perspective, um, the, the, the connectivity that 5G and Edge is going to provide, I think the use cases and the um, applicability of drones in cities and even beyond is um, is tremendous, you know, and if you think about it, not even necessarily from a consumer standpoint, um, but just from a, a public safety standpoint, right? You can have autonomous drones that are providing security, um, you know, in, in certain areas or, um, you know, extra security if there's, you know, there's a big event. Um, you can look at it from, you know, an enterprise standpoint. So, um, you know, uh, power in, in, in industrials and power and energy, right? They could use drones to do remote inspection inspections of, you know, power lines and the power grid or after um, insurance companies, after, you know, uh, you know, God forbid, a, a, an earthquake or a, or a hurricane can use, you know, drones mm-hmm. to survey the area to check for damage and, you know, also obviously check for, um, you know, if, you know, if people are you know injured or hurt, you know, in, in the medical field, if there's, um, uh, you know, God forbid somebody needs a transplant and it becomes available or needs a specific drug or a blood type for, you know, surgery, you know, drone could be delivering, you know, these type of things from hospital to hospital, whether it's in, the, within the city or even from the city to outside. So the, the use cases, I think are just going to grow and grow. Um, and drones are going to become a much more, um, you know, daily part of our, uh, 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 you know, part of our daily life. Part of what we see in the movies, right? And maybe coming yeah. to coming to a front porch, a roof, a backyard, a uh, absolutely. I somewhere. said it now. I believe it. I think so. Michaela, love to get your thoughts on this, and then Rob, I'm going to pull up a statement from you next. Michaela, join me. What do you think? Yeah, I would love to build on what Rob said. Like some of this is already reality, right? Like I'm from Rwanda, and drones are used to deliver blood if you can think about that, because mm-hmm. of the roads, right? Like the last mile delivery concept. And if you're in an area that doesn't really have good roads, or maybe you don't have like ambulances, or it's just faster to send a drone, you could send blood supplies to the next hospital, right? And so as the technology gets more and more stable, and we're able to have more and more drones <laughs> um, in the sky and for them to remain connected, um, yeah, the use cases will just continue to grow and we'll be able to see their use in both the public and the private sector. Thank you very much. Frank, anything you want to say about the drone topic, which we obviously enjoyed? 
Um, I would just highlight the fact that this has actually been something that we've been focusing in on for the last two years and we've spent quite a bit of time and it's exciting to see this, you know, like to Rob's point earlier, I mean, this is moving much beyond kind of art of the possible into art of the practical. So as we, you know, have tangible examples of how we've used drones, how we've seen them come to life, you know, whether it's autonomous forklifts or, you know, ground-based or air-based drones mm -hmm. for delivery, it's an awful lot of fun to see actually what we're already working on. The art of the practical. I hadn't heard that. Frank, is that a quotable yeah. Frank Wild moment, or did you get I, that from somewhere? I was actually quoting Rob from earlier in the show. <laughs> is that a quotable Rob Casagrand moment? Yes. Um, I've, I can't. I, I have to be honest. I've heard that previously. I don't know where I heard it from, but I've heard it used before. I can't take credit. Well, I'm crediting you then because this is the first time I've, so that was a, a Rob, Rob, mark that down. And when you get the video, you just promote that. You say, look at this brilliant thing I said on Think Tank. Thank you very much. And while I have you, Rob, I'm looking at your statement number four. This is interesting. Bringing back, stepping back a little from cities specifically and industries, you say across industries, 5G and edge will impact both IT and OT. The CIO, the COO, the CFO organization should all be paying a lot of attention to these technologies and how they will modernize their operations. Tell us a little bit about this. This is an interesting topic. Rob, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I, I think historically when organizations have thought about things like 4G and, and Wi-Fi and their network, you know, they think it's purely about infrastructure um, and about how it delivers better you know, from an IT standpoint, but, but this is different. And this is different because what it's bringing together is not just the connectivity, but it's bringing capabilities that make that connectivity so much more powerful, but then it brings also together the compute. So the things that we've talked about today across the, um, across the group with everything from IOT to AR uh, to, you know, augmented reality, reality, virtual reality, AI, all that becomes much more realer. So, when, you, when you're thinking about it as a strategic driver of your business, it's not the job anymore of just the folks in technology to think about what it could do. The CEO needs to be thinking about how are we going to change our business and change our business model with this new technology, with the new way of the world that's you know, going to work. Um, what the CIO's impacted, the COO from an operation standpoint. And I use the term both IT and OT because it's not just going to transform information technology. It's going to transformation, uh, transform operations technology. And a lot of the examples that we gave out today, whether it was how retail stores are going to work differently or how our distribution center is going to be more automated using you know, forklifts, how are drones going to come in? So all of that comes together. It's, it's a topic for the entire C-suite, um, and it should be on the strategic, um, at least in my opinion, it should be on the strategic uh, it's one of the strategic elements of all of their agendas um, because it's, um, it's truly transformational and impact all sides of the business. Thank you very much. Let's get a comment from Michaela, then from Frank, and then I think we're going to wrap up. Michaela, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with what he said, but I would like to build on it. Um, it should be an initiative that is strategic to the, to the CFO and CIO but for cities especially, the challenge, the hard part is the fact that it's going to require to bring multiple parties together. So we're going to have the ITs of the city, right? But then you're going to have the telcos that are providing the connectivity. Then you're going to have, maybe if they have like a trash management company, if it's that's, that's a private company, you're going to have the utilities and asking them to change the way that they've worked for centuries. 
And so it becomes a much more complex discussion because now you're bringing five different parties that don't usually work together and that don't necessarily talk together and asking them to come up with one point of view of what that city is going to look like. And so as these CFOs and these CIOs think of their own organization and what they want to do, they will also have to think of how they then take that view and that, that vision and that strategy and collaborate with the other parties that they're not used to collaborating with. Thank you very much. Frank Wilde, anything you want to chime in? Last word? Well, uh, to build on Michaela's point, I mean, that's part of the reason that we launched. So going back, actually, almost three years ago, we launched a 5G council. So within SAP, one of the areas that we focused on was how could we bridge you know, both public and private sector solutions and streamline that value chain. So taking telcos, taking key customers and partners, you know, taking equipment manufacturers together so that we could really look left and look right and get them to link in together just like puzzle pieces. So, you know, that's the type of, you know, solutioning that I see us needing to be able to progress is because just like Rob mentioned, it's a question of business model innovation and operating model innovation because you need to be in a position as a CEO, CFO, CIO to look holistically now across the organization. It's not really a question of functional areas. It's really what experience and what brand positioning do I wanna have across my organization? And now that I can pull this together with the, you know, with the 5G network, with AI and machine learning, with the data platform, all now linked, I can have a level of innovation and a platform for innovation that I've never had before. You know, so so like Michaela mentioned, it's a very challenging opportunity because you now have to, you know, it's just like, you know, I was a rower in college. So to get eight folks rowing in that boat all in the same direction, following exactly the same rhythm becomes really the art of getting that boat out of the water. And I see us needing to do the same thing with our customers is to really help marketing, sales, operations, you know, um, link in together to understand what can you do together? And then how can that come to life with, you know, an IT and OT, you know, with a, you know, with a number of new solutions that we can help put in place. Frank, I'm thinking your quote could have been row, row, row your boat gently it down the street. It could have, absolutely. <laughs> could, could have, because it's, it's, everybody knows it, I think. And it's, it's what you just said, rowing together. I have a quick question around the table. Let's get a 30-second answer from each of you. Our topic is high hopes for 5G. Will it breathe life back into our cities? And that's the context of coming out of, hopefully soon, the global pandemic. Rob Casagrande. Yes or no? And by when do you think it will really come to the forefront and help? Rob, one minute response. Each of you, go ahead. So absolutely, yes. I think it's already started. Uh, We're seeing, you know, there's two types of 5G. There's public and there's private. So we're seeing a lot of the carriers build out their 5G networks, and you've seen it across the airways and the commercials. And as that continues to get built out, the impact to us as consumers, we'll see more and more. Um, The concept of private 5G is taking those same 5G networks, but using them in things like hospitals and manufacturing plants um, and and retail stores. And that could happen now because it's just taking that technology and moving it into more of a contained space. So. I think it's going to be a driver across both, and uh, it's already happening. It's only going to accelerate and gain momentum. Thank you very much. Frank Wilde, talk to me. One minute, wrap up. What do you think, yes or no? So I feel that 5G as well as edge services are going to play a a crucial role 
in how we, you know, very much engage, you know, in an urban and suburban environments, you know, to be able to provide, you know, just-in-time services, whether it's delivery of packages, whether it's, um, you know, delivery of material. Um, and we're going to be in a position to be able to enable, like we touched on today, the trust with consumers and with citizens to be able to go back into stores, to go back into urban environments, you know, knowing that there's not going to be that contact that, that had, you know, created issues in the past. So, you know, with the new network, with the new experiences, with the operating models that we can put in place, um, you know, I'm very excited for what, you know, the network, the connectivity and the edge services can, can help us do, you know, moving forward. Thank you. And let's get the last word, final last word from Michaela Munyozangabo. Michaela, what do you think? Yes or no? Yes. And I think we're just really right at the beginning, right? The use cases for 5G as it becomes more widespread in cities is endless. We can do mobility, the connected vehicles, autonomous vehicles. We need 5G for that. That's a whole other discussion. We can do uh, trash management, uh, energy management. We can monitor levels of water and know whether a city is going to sink or not or when it's going to sink. And so when we look at how where the world is going and how the technology is evolving, I think that the time we're in has just amplified um, the need for it. And, and, it, and as the world opens up again, it's the investment in 5G is going to accelerate. Thank you very much. We ended up with a positive outcome. The answer is yes. You heard it here from Rob Casagrande at Deloitte, from Frank Wilde at SAP, and from Michaela Munozangabo at SAP. I want to say thank you to our engineer, Aaron Keller at Voice America. Thank you, Aaron. Everybody wave to Aaron. And thank you to our sponsors of this wonderful series, Think Tank Conversations in a Digital World, Brad Bork. And I've been working with Brad for so many years on many SAP Game Changer shows. And we're very happy to have you on board with Think Tank Radio. And Susan Walker, who also sponsors it at SAP, and all the wonderful people in the background who helped Brad put this together. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Be smart, be safe, be savvy. And we hope the cities come back, that you want to be in them and that 5G makes for a better life for us all. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning into Think Tank, Conversations in a Digital World, presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. Keep the conversation going by tweeting your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAP Radio. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel next time.